1: Needless to say, the landscape of sports has changed dramatically since coronavirus hit back in the middle of March. And that means a lot of events were lost not only here in Kansas City, but nationally as well. We sit down with Kathy Nelson, the president of the Sports Commission, to find out what we missed and how Kansas City is recovering from coronavirus. Well, I guess another big haul for you guys with some NCAA events coming up in the, uh, I guess, the foreseeable future, whatever that means right now. How excited are you to finally get some more events here on the uh, docket of Kansas City?
2: Oh, my gosh, beyond excited. You know, we knew that date was coming. The announcement was going to happen October 14th. What we did know is obviously what we would be awarded. So, yeah, very exciting to see that we've secured three events of that caliber.
1: Yeah, some, some big time events, too. And it's like, you know, Kansas City has been on the map for a number of years, but it seems to be increasingly getting bigger and bigger and bigger for the NCAA getting more events, it's not just the, the first and second rounds anymore. It's Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteens, it's big gymnastics, it's wrestling, it's all kinds of cool things. What is the, I, I guess, the the selling point right now for Kansas City that the NCAA is finding it to be the place to be?
2: I don't know that there's one thing I can point to. I think our success of hosting great events obviously speaks volumes when you host a Super Bowl parade, a World Series parade, and then you host US gymnastics and you break an attendance record. And then our history, of course, with NCAA events, we hosted the division one women's championships for volleyball in 2017 and broke an attendance record. That's a big deal. So to be able to bring that event back and try and match our record, you know, we still hold that record. So I think when they look to us, they know that we're a successful city. They know that our fans will turn out, they'll buy a ticket, they'll celebrate sports with us here.
1: Is there any talk, I mean, obviously in the times we're living, and we'll get into all that as we roll along, but is there any talk of maybe getting a Final Four back to Kansas City without a dome and shrinking back down the size of these events because we're seeing such limited event space now with fans?
2: Not at this time.
1: Yeah. I don't yet. have
2: a great answer for you. Yes, not yet. That's actually what I should have, should have stated. Um, you know, there are bid requirements we don't fulfill for a men's Final Four with that 60,000 seat um, venue. So, you know, not yet. That's the best way to say that when we have things like wrestling coming our way, which is one of the next biggest championships next to a men's final four, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that.
1: You're good with that one. So we'll, yeah. we'll just kind we'll of stay with that for right now. But I think, obviously, the, the world has changed since the last time we really talked about stuff. I mean, we, we had a, a Super Bowl parade, and I don't think we've seen each other since. I mean, no. I think it's been, you know, that, that long a time. And here we are, like, eight months later since that Super Bowl parade. And I feel like we've missed out on a lot, not just as a city, but as sports fans in Kansas City. We really missed out on celebrating that Super Bowl. We really missed out on celebrating opening night at Arrowhead Stadium we missed out on the big 12. I mean, so yeah. in, in your opinion, what have we missed out on? What didn't we get to do over these last eight months that we should have been able to do from a sports and a celebration standpoint? in
2: Well, you, you said it perfectly, Super Bowl, right? We have a parade, but we're still the Super Bowl city for the year. So there are all kinds of things that typically would come with that from celebrations. There's a ring ceremony, of course, that happened for the players inside the stadium, but typically their family and friends get to do that. Um, raising of the banner, that obviously not a lot of people were there for that. We were selected to host the NFL kickoff on September 10th, which should have been a huge party, a day and a half party for 50,000 plus people with the NFL. Almost like a mini NFL draft, so you know that's something that I look back on and memory of a lifetime to be able to host that. We had Alicia Keys come to Kansas City, but didn't get to do her concert for our city. So things like that we've missed out on. Um, like you said, Big 12 basketball having to shut that down on day two, missing crowning champions. I mean that those those athletes will never get that feeling, and, the, and us as fans won't get to celebrate that with them of course, personally with our organization, the events that we own, the marathon, our camps for girls, all of those touch points we have of in-person events, um, we've missed. And you, you can't get that time back, but now it's for us, it's looking forward of, okay, how do we make it different and yet better than before?
1: Yeah, and it is all about moving forward, and there's still so much on the horizon now when it comes to like sports here in Kansas City. I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now, and there's so many different like kind of avenues I want to go and, and, and talk with you, but you, you mentioned the Big 12, and, and I've already been asked, are we going to have fans at the Big 12 this year? I mean, I'm sure you're getting that question going through all that. What is the process like right now for the Big 12 tournament?
2: I've been on two phone calls already this morning about how do we host this? What does this look like? So every day, you know, we learn from the city and the health department what guidelines are. But we're months away. And back when we canceled Big 12, uh, I brought our staff together. And it's crazy thinking back. We canceled the Big 12 men's and women's basketball championships. We hosted a mini happy hour with our staff and sat around this tiny table together together. I can't even imagine that now like that's bizarre and said, okay, everyone go home. We'll see you in two weeks. Well, here we are. Like you said, eight months later. So March is a long way away. What used to be come August, September, when the local organizing committee would really get up and running, we'd start working on practice sessions. We'd work on um, at power and light district when they have their pep rallies. We're not talking about any of that because March is so far away where a year ago, two years ago, it was quickly approaching. So I think that we don't know what that's going to look like. We do hope that we're able to have fans. Maybe it's 25% capacity, but there hasn't been a venue that I'm aware of in the United States, an indoor venue of an arena type caliber that has hosted fans of any size. Um, I'm not sure I want to be the first here in our city, but you know, again, we'll learn, especially over the holidays, of what what that could look like.
1: So who who determines all of that? Is that up to the, the local health departments? Is that the Big Twelve? Is that the member? How, how does like how does one decide? All right, we're going to go through with this. We're going to have fans at these events.
2: It is a mix of people. Of course, we'll work with Brenda Tenen and Michael at T-Mobile Center. Um, we'll work with the Big Twelve Conference and lean on them of what they're comfortable with. We'll, of course, we speak to the health department frequently and the mayor's office about how does everyone want this to feel and what do you want it to look like?
1: Yeah, what, was so it, what, what was that like, though, that day when you guys decided, we, we've got to cancel this? Was it just following the lead of everybody else? Is that kind of what you did?
2: A little bit. Um, it was much more of the Big 12 conference decision that day. However, we were on the phone and texting hours and hours that week throughout the night. um, I can tell you Wednesday night, about three hours between midnight and 5 a.m., phone calls and everything. Okay, how are we going to handle this? And then when the athletic directors and the conference executive staff met in the hotel Thursday morning, it was decided that we um, would have games but not fans. And then the commissioner called and said, I think we go without fans. How do you feel And it was gut-wrenching because you realize the servers across the street at the Power and Light District, the um, Uber drivers, the cab drivers, the hoteliers, all of that, the ripple effect in our city, we can't make that money back. So it was not only heartbreaking to make that decision because of the financial impact, but then to be in the building and the Texas men's team was already on the floor warming up and watching those guys come out. I was standing um, in one of the um, back hallways and those guys are all I would say they're two feet taller than me because they really are two feet taller than me coming off the court with tears dripping off their chins. I wanted to go up and wipe tears because I remember as we stood there and I looked at the commissioner and he looked at me and we're both emotional and it was those guys especially those seniors this was it. We knew that what we, the decision that had just been made. So I would tell you the decision was, was, definitely leaning much more heavy big 12, but they didn't do it in, in a bubble or I even shouldn't say bubble anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they didn't.
2: <laughs> it sounds silly now, yeah. but they didn't do it alone.
1: Is there talk of a bubble for the big 12 tournament or the big 12 season or like what are some of the conversations like that are happening to try to pull off college basketball this year?
2: Anything you can imagine, we have probably talked about. Um, there have been discussions of do we bring in two or three conferences to our city and lock it down for preseason? Do you bring them in and lock it down for the whole season? This is just championship week. What does this look like? Everything has been on the table. I do think that they'll play regular season games, uh, you know, at at their venues and on campuses, especially after those students leave campus after Thanksgiving. I feel like they'll be in their own bubbles there. Um, but I, I think everything that, again, you've probably thought of or talked about, we've been talking about as well. And we're always open to ideas. So uh, don't get me wrong. If you have a great idea, we're all we're all
1: in. Well, I, I, I think, you know, my idea for all of this is, you know, to wait it out and see where we are. And that's why, like, But I see, like, the NCAA is going to, you know, announce events for the future. I'm like, even if the virus is over, and it should be by 2025 and things like that, right? You're knock on wood, right? But what's the mindset of the consumer going to be, of the sports fan going to be? Because I think for a while there, it was gone, and people just kind of moved on and kind of did their own thing. How do you get people back into the arena. Even this year, let's say the Big 12 is at 50%. How do you get people back into the arena to let them know it's safe to go back to a place like that?
2: Well, I think it comes with a lot of education. You know, and Kansas City is a, is um, Casey clean. So there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to make sure that those venues are clean and that you feel safe. And just like going to a Chiefs game, you know, if you've been to a game this year, a lot of a lot fewer fans, but I do think the fans that are there feel more comfortable knowing the protocols. So those guidelines and everything would be communicated. Um, I want to go back to your statement about the NCAA making these awards that many years out. You know, these things don't just happen. Right. We work on these bids for months, if not years. So the, those bids for 2022, 20, 23 through 25, 26 Had been started last summer. So we submitted our bins in February. They spent the summer working with our cities. Had they waited, had they said, well, we're going to wait and see what happens with the virus until next spring or next summer, what's going to happen now is all these massive conventions and other people that want to book our venues and hotels are also trying to squeeze in this year or coming year of events. So the NCAA was smart in getting those awards out, so that we can lock those contracts in in the future. Um, but yeah, to get to get people back, I, I want to go back.
1: I do I too. Yeah. So I'm not. I
2: don't have blinders on. I know it's not going to be easy. You know, we're we hope that for Big Twelve we can have a few fans in there at least, and and we think those those tickets would sell. But by no means am I fooling myself saying, so oh, that'll be easy.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't think it will be. I think, uh, you know, an organization like the Royals will probably have a little bit more at ease because it's outdoors and you feel like, okay, I'm safer outside than I am inside a venue. All that being said, what are you hearing from the T-Mobile Center and Brenda Tinnan? Like, what are they doing right about now?
2: Yeah, um, they're busy. Again, I talk often with them every week and it's, well, what could we host what could we host with fans? What can we host without fans? I think most of their musical acts will be put on hold until probably June somewhere in there. And again, that's dependent on what happens over these next few months. But for us, the sporting events that we book in the venue, um, you know, we're looking at maybe the CBE classic and what happens with that. Can they play that without fans in November already? Mm -hmm. Um, KUMU has been pushed back for us a few years, but, um, you know, what else could we put in there and and still at least have something that was televised. I think for them it's hard It's hard to figure out when does it make sense because they're driven off of revenue. So if you have teams in there, they're not buying a ticket and you're not selling a ticket to fans, well then how do they pay their staff? Mm-hmm. So that's the balance it's coming down to now.
1: So the NFL draft in Kansas city is coming up very quick now. All of a sudden we're all about yeah. two years away now, right? From, from yep. the NFL draft. What is the, uh, what's the planning like for that going on right now?
2: Well, it, it's been awesome actually, because Being the NFL kickoff city this year, back in September, when we started to plan that pre-COVID and all the people we're working with on kickoff will be our same contacts for the NFL draft. So they had been to Kansas City to look at locations for the kickoff and for a concert. And what else do we do to kick off the season? Um, So they're getting to know our city much better. And I think they're appreciating how easy is how easy it is to work with Kansas City leadership, that the sports commission, the city, the venues, um, George at Union Station, you know, World War One Museum, all of us work so well together. They had mentioned numerous times they, they wish every city were like Kansas City when they come in there where they're not having to dig on their own to figure all this out. And even working with the police department, the fire department through this kickoff idea, now they know how we operate. So we still have conversations. As a matter of fact, I received a text today from one of the event planners. Hey, let's think about this. You know, put it in your files that we start talking about it. I don't think we'll go to Cleveland in 21 to see it. I'm not sure I, I need to go to Cleveland. We will travel to Vegas in 22, but we go to every draft. You know, it's not like we'll just go the year before. We've we've been to every draft now for quite a few years. So we'll, But we will start working on that. Once they get done with Cleveland, they'll start to focus on us.
1: So have you guys had to change up anything because of the virus and planning for the 2023 draft? Or has everything just kind of been plowing ahead with that?
2: No, no changes yet, but I don't know that we would be planning anything that we would need to figure out yet. You know, we're not Cleveland, yeah. which everything is changing for them.
1: Is it what what if they had to change there?
2: Well, how many people they could potentially have? How do you spread people out? Do you have people? Does it look like the um, draft this year from Vegas? Is it all on television? Is Are there no in-person events? So their conversations are what our conversations were for kickoff, where we were still planning things, but every week or two, okay, well, instead of 50,000 people, maybe we can have 2,000 people. Maybe we can have 800 people, and how do you spread them out? Those are the conversations happening with Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and, and you don't want that. You want to have 50,000. You want to be like Philadelphia was, you know, where yes. everybody saw that mass of crowds. And hopefully by 2023, we can get back there. I think people want to get back there because I think people are fatigued. And, you know, as we talked about, some people kind of got away from sports. But I still think live sporting events and sports is kind of a bring back to normalcy in life. I mean, when you can start doing that kind of stuff, I think sports helps create that sense of normalcy for a lot of people.
2: Oh, absolutely. And we want to be more like the Nashville draft yeah, even so than Philly, right? When you think of that many people. Um, but yeah, that's the mindset of what does it take for us to feel comfortable to stand next to not only your family and friends, but a hundred other, hundred thousand people. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, but uh, I do think you're right. Sports, sports is an equalizer. You know, it's an opportunity to celebrate. It's an opportunity to participate and spectate. So I do think there are quite a few of us yearning to get back to what that feels like.
1: So from from your standpoint now with the NCAA stuff done and kind of working on the NFL, what's next? What's the next big target for Kansas City?
2: Well, we have World Cup on our plate. So a lot of heavy lifting is happening right now. We have daily phone calls. I probably spend an hour a day minimum on World Cup Um, Some days it's the entire day. We have deliverables due to them from human rights issues to venue um, pitch, you know stadium situations transportation Those things are heavy heavy lifts and a lot of research and homework and then the presentation goes into that So we have our first due date coming up. Um, I think it's November 13th is our first big due date with some of these. And then we have another deliverable in June and, or January, another deliverable in March, and then site visits should start happening soon after. Wow. So World Cup is definitely right in the mix of that.
1: And, and so when are they going to announce that? Like, I mean, I felt like that should have been announced like five years ago. I don't know if it feels <laughs> like this has gone on forever, right?
2: It's, welcome to our world where you put a bid in and you work on it free. Well, I mean, the NFL draft took us five years to get that awarding people like, Oh my gosh, we got the draft. I'm like, finally we got the draft. Um, so world cup, we actually should have known this month. They, they had planned to make the decision of host cities in October this year. Uh, but now I think it'll be end of 2021. They have to go from those 17 cities down to 10, possibly 12. Mm -hmm. And they've got, got a lot of work ahead of them as well.
1: Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of work ahead as well, even though there's not a whole lot going on, you guys just never stop, Do you?
2: No, no. And we're trying to be creative. 2021 is going to be a difficult year for our organization. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had little, little revenue coming in since March and the goal of keeping my team intact. And how do we continue to make sure that, you know, we're doing the right thing moving forward and, and, not every, not every day is everyone busy, but there is something to do. But financially, how do we survive these next 18 months has been a little stressful.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And we can all help by signing up for the marathon, right?
2: Yeah, you can still sign up to do the Million Mile Run.
1: Yeah, and, and get that all taken. What else? What else can people do to help with the, with the Sports Commission?
2: Well, for us, you know, as a nonprofit, donations are huge, especially now. So if you're looking at a charitable giving opportunity, and you would consider our foundation. That would be fantastic. Um, that's something we're desperate in need of as we get into 21. And then we have things like our Win for KC Women's Sports Awards is happening in February. It is not an in-person event this year, but it will be on television. So that's another way to get involved and donate. But um, you know, we still want you out participating. And when sports come back, we need you to buy a ticket if you're comfortable. So I, I think if, if you have some extra cash laying around and you feel And you'd love to donate to our causes. That would be much appreciated. But we also want you to look forward to and and figure out how we can all bring sports back.
1: There clearly is never a boring day in Kathy Nelson's world. No matter what's going on in this country or in this world, they're always moving forward and trying to get great events right here in Kansas City.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,